All right, uh, we are in a new series, and we're learning how to share our faith with others, because let's face it, talking to others about our faith can be terrifying. So we all need a little work, a little help to learn how to talk to people about our faith. And um, we are, uh, the topic, last week, this week, next week, the topic is how do we talk to people about origin, the beginning of the universe. So for the last several weeks, I have been pondering the mysteries of the origin of the universe, And I'm telling you, like a big bang happened up in here. Something broke in my mind as I'm trying to understand all of the mysteries of the beginning. In fact, if there's anyone who would rather preach today than me, if you've got a degree in, you know, come on up, I gladly listen. Nobody? (laughs) I guess I'm on the hook. (laughs) It's going to be tough. It's going to be fascinating. Uh, Frankly, I am excited about this topic because when I was first saved, I couldn't get enough of, of learning about all of this. I, I get to like geek out on some of the science that I researched and looked into when I first became a Christian in college, and you all get to hear that. Um, why are we doing this series? Because I believe if you are unable to defend your faith, you're unlikely to embrace your faith. If someone pushes you or challenges you and you just don't know what to say, chances of you holding firmly to that faith aren't that great, especially for our high schoolers and our college students. If you're just like, that's what I was told all my life, you're probably not going to embrace that faith for very long. So as we grow in learning how to defend our faith, we'll also grow in the depth of devotion to our faith. Now, the major alternative to our view of creation on the market today is what would be called naturalism or materialism, um, it represents, Carl Sagan described it best. He says, the universe is all there is or was or ever will be. That's naturalism. That's atheistic, materialistic naturalism. There is nothing other than matter, nothing supernatural. The universe is all there was, is, or ever has been. That's what's being taught in our high schools, our elementary schools. That's being taught in our middle schools, our colleges. My daughter goes to Palos Heights Middle School, that's what they're learning. Here's how the universe made itself, assembled itself, and uh, that's all there is. The trouble is, often these scientists will use what they see in nature to draw conclusions about God. Stephen Hawking, for example, said this, We are such insignificant creatures on a minor planet of a very average star in the outer suburbs of one of a hundred thousand million galaxies. So it is difficult to believe in a God that would care about us or even notice our existence. See, based on what he sees up in the heavens, he draws a conclusion about God. Can we agree with what he says about the universe and disagree with what he says about God? Yes. The truth is, Christians can look back at the beginning and we don't have to deny what we see in nature. We just believe what we see is telling a very different story than what the naturalists are reading into it. And frankly, we believe that our story fits the evidence better. I'd like to convince you today that after you look back to the beginning and consider the evidence that the Christian story fits what is visible better than what the naturalists are telling us. I want you to realize you don't have to back away and apologize. Well, I'm just a person of faith. And that's the problem. Science and religion are often seen as incompatible. You're made to feel often like science deals with reality and religion deals with fantasy. And you have to pick one. Because if you pick religion, you can't have science. And if you pick science, you can't have religion. But that's false. 
Can we pursue an honest knowledge of the way the universe works and pursue knowledge of God at the same time? Absolutely. Do you know there's a, uh, there's a saying engraved, engraved on a laboratory in Cambridge. It says this, Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them. Psalm 111.2 They knew. Originally, the educational systems in our country knew you can pursue a knowledge of God and his world at the same time. You don't have to pick one. Now, this is going to get complicated, but my hope is not just to teach you what the origin of the universe is, because I barely understand it, and I don't just want to teach you what the Bible says about it. I want to help train you this morning to talk to someone else about it. So if at the end of this message you feel at all more competent or more prepared to talk to someone else about origin, then I've succeeded. If I've just maddened you and confused you, I'm very sorry in advance. Let's pray. (laughs) Father in heaven, thank you for your word. We pray that you would show us whether or not knowledge of this world and universe can teach us about you. Lead us and guide us, Lord, to see if you've said anything to us through creation. Lord, establish in our hearts the truth of creation. Help us, Lord, to understand what your word says. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We don't have one verse or passage we're going to today. There'll be a bunch. So um, you can uh, just follow the verses on the screen. Also, I got so excited about this, ser- this sermon. There, were so mu- there was so much to cover that we're only going to get through half of your notes today. This sermon became a two-parter after I started it. So those of you who like to fill in all the blanks, you've got to come back next week. Major cliffhanger. Okay, as I train you how to have a conversation with others, always, it's always best when a spiritual conversation starts. And someone's like, oh, what do you think about evolution? What about dinosaur bones? What about how life began? Always it's best to start with a question. Rather than firing off all of your knowledge at that person, find out what they believe. That displays courtesy and love and humility. So I'm going to give you four questions that you can ask another person when the topic of origin comes up. The first one is this. Write this down. Do you believe nothing made everything? Whenever it comes up, hey, 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 before we talk about T-Rexes, all right, and their dietary habits, let's go way back to the beginning of the beginning and ask the person, do you believe nothing made everything? That's a great question to ask. We don't. The book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 says this. Put it up on the screen. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. We don't think nothing made everything. We think God made everything. We think a supernatural being was capable of producing everything from nothing. Now, the naturalists, they seek natural explanations for everything. They won't allow a supernatural cause They won't allow supernatural intervention because if that happens, then it's no longer science. Then it's, you know, superstition. So they try and explain everything just using nature. But there's a problem. The beginning of our universe defies a natural explanation. Now, we know that the universe began. How? They didn't figure it out for sure until the 20s, okay? But first they saw all of these expanding galaxies and they looked redder than they were supposed to. Hubble said something's wrong. Things don't look right. And then they discovered that the whole universe was going like this and expanding. Well, it doesn't take a genius to say if you reverse the flow of time, what would all of that lead back to? It would lead back to the total collapse of the universe 
way on down, where every single thing collapses on itself into a single point, which means the universe had a beginning. They didn't, they didn't agree that the universe began until the 20s. They didn't start researching it until the 40s. Okay? So the universe had a beginning. They know that now. Scientists struggle to describe what that beginning was like because in many ways it defies description. But they've used a word. The word they've used is called a singularity. A singularity is a point. It's a microscopic point. It's where everything that our universe would become was embodied in a flake, a a point, a speck, if you will. That's the first something or perhaps the first state of the universe. And this speck was quite a marvel. Uh, You couldn't see it, yet somehow it embodied all matter and energy and heat and space and time. It's called the singularity. This first something had everything in it. So I think we should call it like a wonder speck. Like, Like science hasn't proved it yet, but I think it wore a cape. It's like this amazing thing that's not a thing. They call it a singularity. Now, the universe can't pull itself out of a magic hat because we observe a law in our world. The law is this. Everything that begins to exist has a cause. The universe began to exist, therefore the universe has a cause. It's true of everything in this world. Everything that begins to exist is caused by something else. No one, nothing pulls itself out of a magic hat. So, the universe had a cause, but it has to be a certain type of cause. This cause embodied everything in the universe, or everything the universe would become. This cause preceded everything that the universe would become. This cause transcended everything that our universe would become. It embodied, transcended, and preceded everything our universe would become, which means you can't use anything in the universe to describe it. So, what are our options? What are our options? We could either insist that there's a natural cause, even though we can't use words like space, time, matter, energy, motion, or we can say it was supernatural. And it fits the description of our universe to say the universe had a supernatural cause. You can jot that down. I believe the universe began supernaturally. And I don't believe that in spite of the science. I believe that because of the science. We believe God made this first something from nothing. Now, atheists and naturalists believe that nothing at all made everything. In fact, Stephen Hawking on his website, when he describes this very early period, the first fraction of a fraction of a second of the universe and what thing or whatever state was present prior to that, he totally skips it. He says, well, since our language doesn't work there and our science doesn't work there and nothing in our universe can be used to describe it, it's best to leave it out of the conversation. I'm like, what? Well, that's awfully convenient. You can just tear that chapter out of the story of your universe and start in chapter two. Can I do that too? Can I just skip to where God made man and leave the rest of it out of the story? No way he'd let me do that. They just skip it because they can't fathom it because it's not natural. Therefore, they believe that nothing made everything. Nothing natural, nothing of this universe. They believe that nothing made everything. 
And you just have to ask yourself, is that even believable? That nothing made everything? Is that even rational? Let's pretend that I'm a, let's pretend that I'm a Lego fanatic and let's pretend that I go online and I want to build the biggest Lego thing ever, like bigger than the Lego Death Star, like the biggest Lego thing. Let's say I want to put a whole Lego universe together. The whole, all, every galaxy, and I want to get enough pieces to, to put it together. So I go on Amazon, and I order it, and it comes in the mail, overnight shipping. And then let's say I'm so excited, oh, I get to put my Lego universe together. And then I open the box up, and I'm like, huh? Huh? And then I contact the seller, and I'm like, yeah, you, uh, you didn't give me any pieces. And they're like, well, yeah, that's the way our universe began. It came from nothing, so good luck. Listen, let me just ask you, before we get to the fossil record or carbon dating, can you really live with the belief that the universe came out of an empty box? I can't. Do you really believe that everything came from nothing? Everything necessary to assemble this universe came out of an empty box. That's not rational. That's not in line with what we see from the beginning. doesn't make sense. I can't buy it. We believe that the universe began supernaturally. Why? Within a fraction of a second, this whole, this wonder speck exploded. Uh, And the initial explosion defies imagination. The state itself is unimaginable, but then the explosion is unimaginable. I was trying to explain this explosion, this Big Bang idea to my kids, because I thought if I can help them understand it, it'll be easier for the grown-ups to get it. So I was like, all right, kids, here's what it's like. It's not like a firecracker where something blew up in a direction. It's more like you go to make a bag of popcorn, and the, the kernels are popping, and then one freak mutant kernel pops and blows through the microwave and through the house and fills the whole universe with popcorn. Everything expands at once in the same, at the same time. And my daughter Cassie said, well, that would solve world hunger. They're always thinking with their stomach, right? Is it caramel corn or candy corn? What is it? Is it chocolate coated? I'm like, no, that's not the point. The point is the universe blew up. It all blew up in every place at the same time. This wonder speck that you can't describe or understand suddenly blew up on a scale that we can't fathom. So based on our observations, we know that there was a beginning We know that it was filled with light, so much light that every point in the universe was illuminated and you couldn't even see through it. It was filled with light. It was filled with heat. One of the first things that had to happen is somehow that light and that darkness would need to be separated. Does that sound familiar familiar, like anything you've read before? Sounds like the Bible. Sounds like Genesis 1, where there's not a natural beginning, where somehow there's all this light, somehow the light and the darkness need to come apart. It's really spooky how closely our starting point mirrors what we know now about the beginning. You don't need to back away or apologize for saying, I think the universe started supernaturally. And don't let anyone fold their arms and say, oh, well, well, tell me how God made the universe. You don't need to apologize. You don't have a lot of explaining to do, all right? Because you've got a God. They don't. They have this. They need to explain where it all came from. All right, now... Why do, we believe that nothing, why do we believe that the universe began supernaturally? Write this down. Because it required a supreme mind. It required a supreme mind. 
If you think of the science and what happened to the physics behind the Big Bang, it was a smart bomb. It was a smart bomb. Intelligent things began to happen immediately. Orderly forces started governing the behavior of energy and space right away. It was not a dumb bomb. It was not a dirty bomb. It was a bomb that behaved according to a prior plan. It could have exploded in a billion different ways, and it exploded in a controlled fashion. Order began right away. It was a smart bomb, which means there was an intelligence behind the explosion. There was a mind, all right? Um, those who say nothing made everything have to, have to figure out why the explosion happened in an orderly manner. They can't. Proverbs 3.19, we'll put it up on the screen, says this. The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. We'll unpack this a little later next week, but the truth is that the information, the intelligence present in this world can't be reduced down to the matters and the chemicals. The information came from somewhere else. The energy in this world and universe can't explain itself. You can't make it, you can't destroy it. We believe God, by his decree, spoke information and energy into this world. We believe that because of the science, not in spite of the science. This universe was not naturally created. It was supernatural and it required a supreme mind because there was intelligence displayed from the beginning. Next, because it required a supreme power. Supreme power. The uh, act of creating the first thing, uh, the first state, displayed the need for a force greater than that thing. Even making the singularity or fashioning it and then getting it to do anything Uh, We know by observing in this world that an object at rest remains at rest. Some force has to act upon it. How much more true is that of whatever it took to trigger the Big Bang? It couldn't bang itself into existence. It required a supreme power. Colossians 1.16 says this. It says, I believe the, or it says, for by all things, by him, that's Christ, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. This is what actually makes our view unique. We don't just say God had the power to create the universe. The Bible says that Jesus had the power to create the universe. The next time you're at a party and your drunk uncle is like, well, show show me in the Bible where it says Jesus was God. Colossians 1 is a great place to go. Because according to the Bible, Jesus had the power to create the universe at his command. That's divine. It's supernatural. And that power is in Christ and in the Father. The Spirit was hovering over the waters, it says in the beginning. The Spirit was there too. All right, next, I believe the universe began supernaturally because it required a supreme will. You can write that down. Because it required a supreme will. Now, this is a little harder to follow, but here's the point. Whatever created the universe, whatever is responsible for the universe, uh, didn't create it eternally. So that means that there had, to be, there had to be like some sort of goal, like some sort of re- refraining and then unleashing, which means either nothing, either nothing was holding back the, the universe from springing into existence, and how would nothing hold back a universe that's ready to blow? Nothing can't. Or there was a supreme will holding back a universe ready to blow. There was a supreme will that said, now. It displays strength to make a universe. It displays strength to hold back a universe from being made. 
There's a will. There's a free, independent, supreme will that willed the universe to be. Otherwise, it would have been eternal. So we would say, all right, let's say you get into this conversation and the person's asking you about the beginning and you say, well, do you believe nothing made everything? And then they finally, yeah, yeah, I can't explain it, but yeah, all right. Well, here's the thing. You don't have a supreme mind. You don't have a supreme power. You don't have a supreme will. How can you adequately account for the start of the universe? An empty box just doesn't make sense. It defies reason. A divine being does make sense. See how you can have that conversation? See how you can say it's supernatural because of what we see, not in spite of what we see? Now, there's a few places where the other person might retreat to. Sometimes they retreat to humility, and it sounds like this. Well, you know what? I'm just honest enough to admit that I don't know how it happened. Isn't that what humility really is? An atheist told me that recently. Well, I'm just honest enough to admit that I don't know. Okay, how come when I'm honest enough to admit that I don't know how God made Adam, you won't let me say that? How come I can't say I'm honest enough to admit that I don't know how God did that? Oh, you're all over me on that one. But now you're honest enough to admit, I'm honest enough to admit that I don't know how this can happen. That's a false humility. That's actually pride in your ignorance. That's saying I proudly choose my ignorance over a better explanation that involves a supreme will, supreme mind, and a supreme intelligence. That's not ignorance, that's blindness. That's not humility, I mean, that's blindness. So, you can have this conversation with someone, but I want you to understand, you don't have to back away from the facts. We believe that our book more adequately describes what happened in the beginning. First question, do you believe everything, nothing made everything? Well, I believe it began supernaturally. It required a supreme mind, supreme power, supreme will. Now, here's the second question that you can, uh, that you can ask them. Number two, do you believe chaos produced order? Do you believe chaos produced order? The universe blew up into existence, and immediately it was chaotic. It was. How did it suddenly order itself? Well, we have a belief. They have a different belief. The naturalists and the atheists think that the universe was ordered by chaos, which means after nothing caused the Big Bang, nothing put everything together. Nothing caused it, then nothing put it all together and ordered it. Okay, there was no guiding thing from the beginning. It was just nothing. So uh, here I am trying to put together my Lego universe and nothing came in the box, all right? Let's give it to them, though. Let's just say, even though I can't explain it, after I shook the box long enough, then enough Legos flew out of the box for me to make my Lego universe. All right, great. I'm in good shape now. Now, my kids love Legos, so they get this, like, Lego Club magazine. Anybody else get Lego Club? Anybody else get this magazine? Yeah, I saw some grown-ups with their hands up. That's cool. Stay young. You open up this magazine, it gives you all these ideas. Look, you can assemble with the pieces. You can assemble all these different things in different ways. And, uh, you know, because they know that kids um, need a little help, they put instructions in here. Here's how you can build another throne. A Minecraft Lego, step one, step two, step three, how you put them together. Um, you need instructions and order and sequence to you know, to figure out how to even put together a, a simple Lego thing, let alone my whole Lego universe. So imagine my shock when, when I pulled out of the box my instructions from Amazon on how to assemble my Lego universe. Here's the instructions that came with it. And uh, page one, uh-oh, it's blank. The blueprint is blank. And then I go to page two. There's nothing there either. There's 
absolutely no design help for me as I begin to assemble my Lego universe. I can't find any design and I'm not allowed to claim there's any design. The pieces can't follow any design. This is hard. To make it harder, if you study what happened right after the Big Bang, all of the pieces of the entire universe blew up and started flying apart from each other. The universe was flying and it had to start ordering itself with no manual. And there was so much heat that it was on fire. It was like 10 billion degrees. It was flying and it was on fire and it had no instructions and it had to start ordering itself. And it didn't have much time. You have to ask yourself if nothing, if chaos can really order the universe. We don't believe that. You can write this down. I believe a creator designed the universe. I believe a creator designed the universe. I don't think chaos produces order. You can uh, write this verse down, even though I don't have it to project. Psalm 147, 4 to 5, says this. He, God, determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Bible says that God determined just how many stars were made after the Big Bang. How many do you want? Uh, Three trillion and three. Done. He decides how many stars got made. He laid out and ordered the whole universe according to his will. A designer created the universe. If you look back to the beginning, you don't see chaos from the start. You see design from the start. How? Well, the pieces could have been put together a million different ways, but they were designed to serve an overall purpose. I'll say it again. The Big Bang was a smart bomb. And energy and matter were governed and ordered by forces from the beginning. And people would say, well, those forces were natural. No. What calibrated the forces? They can't account for themselves. All right? Right after this Big Bang happened, explosion created heat. Within a minute, the universe was heated up to 10 billion degrees. And within a minute, it had stretched millions of billions of miles across. So all of these particles were blown apart. When I say all of the pieces blew apart, listen, I want you to really hear what I'm saying. Everything in the universe that was somehow unified in this condition of a singularity was now exploded apart. No particle was connected to any other particle. All of the pieces were flying through the air on fire. There, wasn't, there were no atoms. There were no pieces of atoms. There was no nucleus of a single atom in the entire universe. Every single piece had to be assembled. And it was flying, and it was on fire. All right, basically what I'm telling you is our universe came from Ikea. Have you shopped at Ikea? You don't leave Ikea with a couch. You leave Ikea with a box. Then you go home, and you open the box, and then you curse the box, and then you try and assemble it. The universe flying apart on fire had to assemble itself with no instructions. Do you really believe nothing, chaos, produced order? Well, you might say, well, there was plenty of time. There were billions of years. So, you know, you just give it enough time. Not true. 
it had to order itself pretty rapidly. We'll get to that. But listen to Genesis 1, verses 3 to 4. It says this, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light was good. God separated the light from the darkness. It's crazy how this aligns with the first state. The whole universe was filled with light. It was not transparent. Light was at every point. And then somehow the universe, baby universe, just a minute old, you know, had to somehow figure out how to create other than light, how to start separating light from darkness so that things could cool and matter could be created. That sounds a lot like the Bible. How did the Bible get it right thousands of years ago? Check out Isaiah 42, verse 5. It says this, Thus says God, the Lord, who created the heavens, and I love that description, stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and the spirit to those who walk in it. God stretched out the heavens. We think that he created this initial chaos, but then he started acting upon it. Write this down. I believe a creator designed the universe, write this down, because all assembly was required. All assembly was required. When you see things in this world that required assembly, you assume that there was an assembly process. You assume there was an intelligence behind the assembly. You assume that there were things, parts, components, rules that put things together. Here are some pictures of things that were put together. Kind of cool to check this out. Bridge over the bay there. And uh, if you drove on that, you know, if you uh, crossed that today, you would not see the large gaps, thankfully. Am I right? You probably wouldn't go on that bridge if it wasn't finished yet. Uh, But now it's done. Because there were components of assembly, there was a design process, there was an assembly going on, you know that it was put together. Uh, And here's the next picture. This is, you know, the Eiffel Tower. You can go there today and check it out, take pictures, but you know it. It didn't put itself together. There was an assembly process. There were many components and there was an order imposed upon it. Here's the next picture. See if you can figure out what this is. Who is that? Lady Liberty. She doesn't look like that today, right? And if all those workers walked out of that factory on strike, she'd still look like that because she didn't put herself together. Order, assembly was imposed upon her and there were instructions that were sophisticated And now we see the result of that. Imagine the next time you go to the airport, imagine if you get to the gate, you check in, and then they hand you a drill. And then you walk out, and here's what you see on the runway. And they say, all aboard, here's a drill. We've given everyone a box of parts. uh, We're not going to give you the blueprint, by the way, because there isn't one. And we're about to take off. After we take off, we're going to set the plane on fire. We'll be flying on fire. You've got pieces. No instructions. Go. Would you get on that plane? Do you believe you're on that plane in this universe? Do you believe that this universe is that plane? Because it doesn't look like that plane. It doesn't seem chaotic. It doesn't seem random. It seems like there was something else going on. Discover Magazine reflects what many people who study the beginning know. It says this, The universe is unlikely, very unlikely, deeply, shockingly unlikely. I've got to give it to the naturalists, there was chaos. Like, when you describe the beginning, everything flying apart from everything else on fire, that's chaos. All right? But order was imposed upon it rapidly. And um, this is probably one of the most profound things I, God really showed me over the last two weeks. I started asking myself, God, 
How did such staggering chaos produce any order? And why did, God, why did you make the universe to be so terrifying? You start looking up into space and seeing the different things that threaten our existence, and you're like, this universe is terrifying. Why did he make it that way? It's seemingly chaotic. And then it hit me. It seems like God made the universe so that it was born to be wild without God. Without God. It's not a safe place at all. If you knew the threats that were out there, you wouldn't walk your dog at night. It's terrifying. It's wild without God. Think about our earth. Even our earth seems to be wild without God. You look at the T-Rex and you don't instantly conclude that the T-Rex was assembled to hunt for bananas. You look at that thing and you're like, find me a cave because I'm dinner. Seemingly wild, seemingly chaotic. The earth, the universe was born to be wild. Why would God make it that way? Why would God make our earth so treacherous, so ready to be fatal? I think God tamed a wild universe to make us undeniably aware of how impossible we are without him. The universe is supposed to teach us something about God. And he created life on earth to reflect how we need his presence to bring a heavenly order to our world. And this order is not derived from matter And this order is not instinctive to life. Basically, God made the earth to desperately need heaven from the start. Atheists miss this lesson. All assembly was required. I believe a creator designed the universe. Why? Well, because all assembly was required. And I don't think baby universe was like, I'm on fire and I'm flying, I'm on fire and I'm flying, I'm on fire and I'm flying, I can't find any instructions. If it did, it would have to act quickly. It didn't have a lot of time. Write this down. Orderly forces and constants existed from the start. Orderly forces and constants existed from the start. Do you know the universe, baby universe, had about three minutes to figure out how to assemble hydrogen? Three minutes. Why? Because the hottest stars are not hot enough to assemble hydrogen. Meaning right now, today, no new hydrogen could be assembled by the furnaces of the stars. What heat is hot enough to make hydrogen? The Big Bang. Billions of degrees right away, and there was about three minutes, scientists assume, for hydrogen to be produced. Uh, Hydrogen makes up about 75% of all normal matter. And Baby Universe figured out how to make all of that in three minutes. About the time it takes to make a sandwich with no instructions. Did he have help? Did he figure that out in three minutes while on fire and flying? I find that hard to believe. I find that very hard to believe. You throw helium in there and about 95% of all the known matter in the universe was put together in the first three minutes without instructions flying on fire. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe baby universe found a Menards and put 95% of everything together? In three minutes. Because I find that hard to believe. I find that out of line with what is observed from the very beginning. Orderly forces and constants existed from the start. Baby universe did what God trained him to do. 
baby universe did what God ordered him to do. Psalm 19, 89 and 91 says this, Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. I love that. It takes everything that's found in the sky and uses a word, uses your word to describe it. As if God's words are up there. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth and it stands fast. By your appointment, they stand to this day for all things are your servants. God imposed his will on energy and matter from the beginning. There is no natural explanation to how the world came into be. There's no natural explanation for how it was ordered from the beginning. And chaos doesn't cut it and an empty box doesn't cut it either. Hebrews 1 verse 3 in the beginning says this. It says, He, Christ, is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Jesus, again, is synonymous with God in the act of creation. Jesus created by his word what strength and what power he has. Now listen, Christians aren't the only ones figuring this out. People who study the beginning know this to be true. All right? There's a guy named Arno Penzias who won the Nobel Prize. He won the Nobel Prize because he and one other guy accidentally figured out that all of space is not totally empty, but it has this background radiation in it, so space is more like a fabric of energy. They also figured out that this fabric of energy is uniformly spread across the universe, which means they can trace it back to one big explosion of energy. In essence, he proved the Big Bang model, and that's why it's the standard model of cosmology today. So they gave him an award, Nobel Prize. Listen to what he says. He says, astronomy leads us to a universe which was created out of nothing and one which has an underlying, one might say, supernatural plan. What word do I use? How do I, I've been studying this, they gave me an award. I'm going to use the word supernatural plan. The science shows it. You don't have to be like, which do I pick? The faith or the science? Do I tell them about the Bible or agree with my textbook? Both. Our story is better than the story they're telling. Stephen Hawking even agrees with this. He says, the universe and the laws of physics seem to have been specifically designed for us. If any one of about 40 physical qualities had more than slightly different values, life as we know it could not exist. Either atoms would not be stable or they wouldn't combine into molecules or the stars wouldn't form the heavier elements or the universe would collapse altogether. He knows it. Our universe was planned. It was not chaos producing order. It was not nothing producing everything. Sir Isaac Newton knew this long before Hawking. He says, This most beautiful system of the sun, planets, and comets could only proceed from the counsel and dominion of an intelligent and powerful being. Wow. Listen, if you get into a conversation with someone about the origin, ask them questions. Do you believe nothing made everything? Don't let them escape. Don't let them say, oh, well, I'm just humble enough to say I don't know. Another thing they'll say is, oh, well, things come out of nothing in the, you know, subatomic world, you know, uh, quarks. They just appear out of nothing. No, they don't appear out of nothing. Space is a sea of fluctuating energy. They appear out of something. Explain to me how the universe came out of an empty box and then tell them I just can't get on board with that. I don't see something coming out of nothing. I can't reproduce something coming out of nothing. I can't make a horse pop out of nothing. If I could, my girls would have the best Christmas ever. 
It's not in line with observable reality. It's not natural to think everything came from nothing. They now have the burden of proof because they believe something by faith, not by sight. This is really the heart of it. You're helping them to see that they don't believe the science. They believe something in spite of the science. They're turning away from what is observed. They're the ones who have something that doesn't line up with the facts. All right? You would never say this to them, but the bottom line is what they're teaching is science fiction. It's sci-fi. It doesn't line up with the facts. What about the assembly? What about the design? Tell me how chaos produced order. Tell me how every particle on fire flying apart started to put itself together with no design. Tell me how that happened. It's unbelievable. You have to accept it by faith. You have to believe that in spite of the evidence to the contrary, that there was order imposed on it from the beginning. Why do you believe that by faith? Why don't you believe what others have said? What you'll, re- what you'll unearth here is they believe this story, this naturalistic, atheistic version of evolution, not because of the science, in spite of the science. They believe it because there's a supernatural bias. They will not allow God into the conversation. They believe it because they refuse to believe what is out there and observable. Now, I'm not saying that as somebody who's been a Christian all my life. I'm saying that as someone who, up until my freshman year in college, believed all this evolution stuff, this godless, atheistic, accidental, random evolution stuff. I believed it. I argued with Christians in high school about it. I was like, yeah, you're dumb. All your religion and faith is stupid. I was that guy. All right? I'm the one who had to research this and finally said, that's not a good story. It doesn't line up with the facts. I had to realize that I shouldn't be saying thank you to an empty box. I had to realize that I shouldn't be saying thank you to blank blueprints. That it's foolish, that it's the opposite of reason, and that it's not based on observation. Really, as I've studied to preach this message for the last couple weeks, um, my primary reaction (laughs) has just been, I feel so ungrateful to the Lord after what he's done. I feel so ashamed of that time in my life when I would say nothing made everything. Chaos produced. I feel so ungrateful knowing now the effort that went into the very beginning of this universe, the amount of force it took to start putting it together, and then the design to make it just right for life to appear. I feel so ungrateful to a God who did that. I can't believe my willfulness. I can't believe it. Like, I, I never again, I'm going to go outside and be like, oh, it's a little too chilly today. Because I feel like God's going to be up there like, oh, you want a little more heat? I've got a little more heat for you. <laughs> he has so masterfully crafted this whole world. And I feel so incredibly ungrateful that I ever deprived him of gratitude. Psalm 8, verses 3 to 4 says this. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. Such wonder, such awe at the work of the fingers of the Lord in creating everything. Hey, I hope you will now be able to start having a better conversation with people about the beginning. Don't be afraid. Don't be apologetic. Whenever this conversation, take them right back to the beginning of the beginning. Do you believe it came out of an empty box? That's hard to believe. 
I think there was a supernatural beginning. Do you believe chaos started to order it? The blueprints were blank? I find that hard to believe because there was order imposed on it from the start. Now next week we're going to go on and we're going to talk about how life was assembled. Next week we're going to talk about how our world was put together. But you've already got a lot to go on. We're going to pause there and we'll move on next week. Join me for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, I I know what it's like. I know what it's like when I do something that's time-consuming or costly or thoughtful and someone else is just ungrateful. Lord, I know how that hurts. I know how that insults. I know how that grieves. And uh, I just want to confess that I, I just feel so humbled by the reality that everything in this world was made miraculously, that it was ordered divinely. Father, we just say thank you. We just say thank you for filling the sky with such beauty. We say thank you for filling the earth with such wisdom. Forgive us, Lord, for ever walking around believing nothing could make any of the awesome things that we value and cherish on this planet. Forgive us for insulting you. Forgive us for believing what is not reasonable. And Lord, as I know I woke up one day in college and realized there is a creator who made me and loves me. I just pray, Lord, for anyone here this morning who agrees with what I'm saying, that it is foolishness to believe what the world is teaching. As we look around, Lord, we see wisdom, great wisdom. Lord, we see power and we see love. Best of all, we see your love. We thank you for your provision. And Lord, for those who don't realize that the Bible teaches Jesus himself put all this world together. Lord, help people to see that. Help them to see that the Lord Jesus Christ, creator of all, stepped into this world. Lord, help them to understand that just as this universe is wild without you, just as this planet is wild without you, so our hearts are wild without you. And we pray that the heavenly love of Christ would come in and tame our hearts. I pray that some would perhaps ask Jesus to be their Savior and Lord this morning. And then may the divine light shine in the darkness of them. We pray this in your name. Amen.